I'm your host, Dr. M, and you're listening to Aligned You, a podcast designed to assist you to truly be aligned through your body, head, and heart so you can reach your full potential in your own unique way. Hey there, Aligned You listeners, Dr. M here, and welcome to this week's episode. I am super excited to be sharing with you part three of the four-part series of Breaking Bad Stress Habits and Pain Cycles 2.0. This is a four-part series of a workshop that I recorded live in my beautiful integrative chiropractic practice in the heart of Alexandria, Mitra Road Chiropractic, which is where you find me for my hands-on work. This was recorded back in June 2022 as we were coming out of the more serious restrictions following the pandemic and goodness there wasn't a better time to release this revamped version of this particular workshop. I hope you thoroughly enjoy it. In part one we discussed the worry meter, in part two we started talking about fight flight and the impact of that stress has on our systems and I introduced you to our body stress score quiz. It used to be known as the eight ball quiz, sometimes it was called the stress adaptation quiz. It is now morphed into the body stress score so if you are looking for it you can find it via our website alignedyou.com.au and the link is in the show notes if you would like to take it. So that in this particular episode, I go through how to interpret your results and also the power of your neurological pathways and the power of neuroplasticity. I hope you enjoy part three of this four-part series and I'll see you on the other side. So once you've got a score... Basically, if you're 0 to 30 with this score, your body's adapting not too bad. If you're between 30 to 60, you probably need to do some work on those areas that are scoring higher. Okay? And if you need some help with that, just come and talk to me and we'll point you in the right direction if you're not already me looking after you. If you're between 60 to 80... I'm concerned you're sitting in more in that exhaustion, definitely resistance moving into that exhaustion phase and we definitely need to be addressing some stuff. The reason why I really like the simplicity of this particular test, or quiz we'll call it, it's not a test because you're not passing or failing, is it gives you a baseline. It gives you a baseline of where you're at right now so you can do something about it because this is stuff that's within your control. Does that make sense? I do this fairly regularly because I know right now my body is not adapting all that well to stresses around it. I'm is it? I'm around. Oh, do you? I've now got a call with my mother-in-law. <laughs> but it sounds very impressive when you say when you say that as I'm throwing things around. I, if if you want to pop back in afterwards, so if you're welcome to, or I'm actually recording tonight as well. Um, is that? As I said, is this baseline's really important and it's something that I check in on regularly. As I said, is I know right now is that my body's not adapting to stresses as well as it usually does. Part of that is the joys of turning 45. Apparently perimenopause is a thing and my body is just responding a bit differently than how it usually does. Weights coming on in different places and just different changes that are going on. Now, I could ignore those things or I could actually be honest with myself and go, okay, I can see the areas that I need to work on so that I'm actually functioning at my best because that's something that's really important to me. It's one of my highest values. Has everybody got their scores? Everybody had their phones or shoes off to figure out what their scores were? Excellent. Um, was anybody surprised with their score? No? You kind of were sitting where you thought it was going to be? Okay. For the, whether it was good, bad or ugly? 
not a bad thing. History repeats unless we actually take different action steps. So, how are we going for time? Actually, we're going to do it. Can you get a new page? And if you don't already know the person sitting next to you, you're about to. We just need one of your pages. It's a very serious experiment we're about to do, by the way. All right, what I want you to do is on one of the pages, so you decide who's going to be the pencil holder. Has everybody got a partner? Joe, I'm going to come and play with you, so you get to be the pencil holder. Okay, so you've got to do the pencil holder, is going to do this, and he's going to do this. Yes, do that, Joe. You're the pencil holder. Does, every, does everybody know what we're about to do? We're about to play knots and crosses. So, whoever is a pencil holder needs to hand the pencil over to the other person because they get to go first. And then the game is going to begin. We're going to play a speed round of knots and crosses. Yeah, and we're actually playing knots and crosses. There's a reason. We're going to tie. Ah, we tied. Nice work. All right. Has everybody finished? Cool. The reason why I particularly like this exercise, by the way, who was upset they didn't get to go first? few people, yep, because did it throw your strategy out? Yes. yes. Excellent. Who here has been playing noughts and crosses since they were a child? Who here has been using the same strategy to play noughts and crosses since they were a child? And who was pissed off that they didn't get to go first? Welcome to the last 12 months in the world of pandemic. Is that what the strategies that perhaps we were using we've got now a different, slightly different board game or we just didn't get to go first. And so we need to learn how to adapt to it. Sometimes the strategies that we have been using for many years do work. We just actually need to put them into play. And that's why I like this as an example of that. Does that make sense for everybody? Cool. Because otherwise, we're just literally repeating the same thing over and over again. And the reason why we then create stress habits and also the same pain cycles over and over again is because literally we have laid down neurological pathways within our system of that same pattern over and over again. Is that landing? How many here people have read about things like neuroplasticity before? A few of you have. Some of you are like, I don't know what you're talking about. That's all right. So the cool thing is about our human brains is we have the amazing ability that what it means as far as neuroplasticity means is that we can retrain our brains, literally. One of the things that had happened to my dad when I was 14 was he had a stroke. He actually had his first heart attack when I was eight, but he had a stroke when uh, I was 14. And so he lost a lot of use of his left left-hand side of his body and also different pathways within his brain. He had to relearn how to walk. The reason he could relearn how to walk was because our brains have the ability to retrain different pathways. Now, a myth, some of you would have heard this before, you can't actually break habits. Have you all heard that before? So this whole, we're going to break habits, it's not what happens. What we can do, though, is replace habits with a stronger pathway. Now, there's things that challenge these pathways. I think the big things are things like death, divorce, 
And sometimes the fun stuff like new relationships will also shift up what's happening with our habits. Ames is currently slinking out the room. And part of one of the reasons why I share this story, I did pre-warn her that I was going to share this story, is I had certain habits that I had in place for a really long time around food and habits around food because I've got a really big sweet tooth. If it starts going, I will knock small children out of the way to get to trouble. <laughs> I'm not even going to place them nicely. If they really, it's just like, get them out of the way, it's mine. Um, and so one of the things that I'd been very disciplined about for quite a few years was what I had in the house was dark chocolate, only dark chocolate. If I was eating out, I could have sweets. It was very disciplined because I'd created a pathway that was strong enough that I stuck to it. Add in new, beautiful love into my life. Those habits went flying out the window. I went straight back to the old habits of more sugar. More sugar is fun, um, which doesn't serve me in the long run. So then it actually takes some conscious concentration of replacing the good habits that I'd worked on for quite a while. Does that make sense? In the same way as when my dad passed away in my early 20s, I used to be a heavy smoker back then, is that when dad passed away, I smoked more. I didn't go, now's a good time to stop. I actually lent into that habit more because it actually felt like it was serving me at the time. Was it? No, but it's what I did at the time. Versus when mum passed away uh, in August 2020 is my habits around my daily routines and rituals were so strong that I sat with them very differently than I, how I had 20 years ago where all my habits were not serving me to now is that fast forward 20 years later, which I'd hope I would be handling a little bit differently, the way that that grieving process took place was very, very different because of the habits that I had in, had in place for quite a few years before, beforehand. Does that make sense? So within what we're going to be going through next is the first thing I'm going to suggest is give yourself a little bit of grace. If there's habits that you need to shift and perhaps replace with new, stronger habits, is don't beat yourself up, because beating yourself up does not serve you right now. Acknowledging it, going, okay, this is where it's at right now, and these are the changes that I am going to choose to make. You don't have to do anything. If after tonight, you go out and go, screw you, Dr. M, I'm going to do exactly what I did before I walked in here. Go for it. But if you do want to make change, is the worst thing you could do right now is walk out beating yourself up about what you have been doing versus being proud of yourself and giving some grace, self-grace for what you will be doing. Does that make sense? Cool. Really, I'm doing a good job of losing my clicker tonight. Because these neurological pathways can be rewired. It is much easier to do pre-35 years of age. Well, you can do it post-35 years of age, which is good news for most of us in the room. Some of you are like, woohoo, I'm nowhere near 35. Those of us who are over 35 are going, it's a little bit harder, but we can still do it. Is that the pain pathways that we also have in our body set down, also sent down a habit, if you like. And so remember earlier tonight we were talking about the different sort of stresses that you can have on your system. Some of you will have experienced that you've had low back pain but you haven't done anything to your back. And you're coming to see me and go, it's really hurting. And I might ask you, how's your day been? And you're like, why are you asking me that? Like, was it stressful? And it's like, were you there, Dr M? How did you know that it was stressful? <laughs> I usually have a good sense of what's going on in your world, perhaps before you do often, but part of the reason why I know that something's off-kilter in your system that's not necessarily physical is because you've got such 
hard patterns going through your system of habits of pain, it doesn't matter what the stressor is, it's going to set off that old pattern. Does that make sense? Because it's actually setting off the alarm signal of your body going, oh my god, this stress is happening. I, doesn't, I don't care what the stressor is, I'm just going to let you know you need to do something about it. And so the way that I show you how we do something about it is your lower back. Or it might be your headache. Or it might be your migraine. Or it might be your shoulder pain. Does that make sense? So for me, it's very much my lower back. I injured my back really badly as a 16-year-old. So I know... Do you need a little water? Thanks. Camilla, could I ask you to grab one of those cups and then in the billy, billy tap just a little bit of water? Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, honey. Um, perfect. Thank you. So... To give you an example of that is when I was selling my practice down the coast, uh, I had a buyer for it. It actually took three months to get the sale across the line because the landlord wasn't being very nice. That's not the word I was using for them at the time, just saying. But for the three months it took, I was waking up every single day not being able to get out of bed. It was the same pain I had as a 16-year-old. And I would have to consciously remind myself that I had not done anything physically and that this was my body's stress response and all I needed to do was get my feet on the floor and it would be okay. I did that for three months before the sale went through and then magically the back pain went away. But I had the awareness to know that it actually wasn't a physical symptom. That was a sign that I was under significant stress at that point and there were a lot of things that were outside of my control. So our pain cycles are so interesting when how they actually show up for us and then us having the awareness of whether or not it is a physical symptom or whether it's actually an indication something else is going on within our ecosystem at that particular time. That is it. So can we reprogram? Absolutely we can. As I said a moment ago, is by the time we're 35, a lot of our responses and our reactions are automated. So what does that mean? There's often things that we have going on in our, in our life that we are actually already reacted to before we have conscious awareness that we've reacted to it. Does everybody think of a moment that you're doing it, that that happens? It's a bit like even if you smell a perfume or a cologne as you're walking down the street, it can take you back to that person or that moment super fast. We haven't even thought about... We haven't had the conscious time to think about it. It might be a partner putting on a particular outfit that gives you the royal shits. It can be lots of different things that mean that we've reacted because our body has literally had... Uh, that pattern come up before our brain has taken over. And so by the time we're 35, we've automated a lot of these things so that we don't have to put conscious thought, we don't have to waste bandwidth on it. So in terms of how can we reprogram things that are already automated, it's, it's really important that we almost cut through that conscious level when we get into our subconscious. So quick show of hands, who meditates on a regular basis? Okay, there's a few people going, I did it once, didn't like it. Um, we're going to show, I was one of those people. I started teaching my Stress Less workshop, God, how many years ago now? Seven years ago. And back seven years ago when I started teaching my Stress Less workshop, which a large component of it is, is the importance of meditation, I used to have such a strong emotional trigger to the word meditation, I wouldn't use the word meditation. <laughs> Actually, not even kidding. Because my brain 
naturally, it's certainly not the case anymore, but my brain naturally and back then was very busy. I was that person that said, my brain is too busy, I cannot possibly meditate. How am I going to possibly sit still for a couple of minutes? These days I can meditate all day if I'm in the right circumstance because it's a practice that I've been doing for quite a long time now. You'll notice I use the word practice. Some days I'm shithouse at my meditation practice because there is other stuff going on and I can't sit still. If my back's hurting, I can't possibly sit still. If my ribs are actually fixated, I can't breathe properly so I'm not getting into the usual transcendental state that I can get into when I'm in a really good practice. So... Back then, I couldn't even say the word meditation. You should just call it mindfulness. But we don't actually want our mind full when we're meditating. That's a whole other conversation. Ames, have you got those Maltesers? Now, we're about to do an exercise with some Maltesers. Now we're talking. I thought we might be talking the right language. A couple of disclaimers. If you're allergic to Maltesers, don't have the freaking Malteser. If you're allergic to dairy, don't have the Malteser. Okay. How long are they going to be in our hand? I'm going to explain. So the first thing you're going to do is just pop one in your mouth, eat it. Excellent. Thought you'd like that. Now the next one, just hang on to it for a moment. Now, being in a meditative or a mind full state, not full, but My being full. My it's melting. Okay, it's not because it's cold in here. Okay. Don't stress. <laughs> Don't stress just yet. I, I promise I'll keep this story relatively short so it's not all over your hand by the time I finish. Um, there's so many actions in our life that we are unconsciously doing. So how many people drove here tonight? A few of you, some of you walked up. Those of you who drove, how many of you remember all the, all the drive here or how many of you got here quite automatically? If you, you concentrated the whole way or automatically, Joe? Yeah, I would have thought so. I can drive to my brothers at Cronulla and I don't remember getting there. Mm. That's a 40-minute drive, folks. I hope I actually was, didn't go through red lights and things like that. Because driving a car is something that we've automated. Eating can be something that is automated. I know it's driving you some of you nuts that you're holding it, but how quickly could you barrel through a bag of Maltesers if you ate it as fast as what you just ate the first one? Olympic record. Olympic record, yeah. It would have just been like that, like shots. How many of you, when you're eating, to ask you a different question, how many of you eat while you're moving, as in eat in the car, eat literally walking? Oh, no. no. Those sorts of things. Some people walk, you know, they've literally got five minutes to throw something down in between meetings. Standing. <laughs> Standing's a bit different, but actually moving through... Um, you see, I'd, when I was living down the coast more so, it's a bit of a less of a thing up here, but I'd be if I was ever up in the, the Westfield, it was Stockland's down there, but the Westfield, you'd see people walking through, eating processed food, eating mindlessly. And then they probably would have got up to the other takeaway shop at the other end and still been hungry because they didn't actually remember eating anything, plus it was probably not overly nutrient-dense, and then still can eat more. I can do that. We can do that. If we've got chippies or chocolate at home and we're just, like, barreling through it... Oh, sorry, just me, not you, Ames. Um, she's like, don't throw me under the bus. How dare you? Um, let's just say me on my own at home. <laughs> 
I can yeah. I I can get through a lot. It's like eating pizza. Perhaps this is a better example. Anybody ever eaten a pizza and it's like it's this magical level that then pops up five minutes after you've finished eating. You go, oh, I shouldn't have the last two pieces. <laughs> but while you're actually hurrying it down, you actually don't realise you've hit that limit. It can be like that with with food. Versus, and those of you who know me will know that I really enjoy eating out at lovely restaurants. If I'm at a beautiful restaurant and the chef has taken the time to plate the meal after I've taken my shot for Instagram <laughs> is I then not even kidding as then I actually sit and you admire the food before you eat it and if you're at a restaurant where the food's a small portion you then take little bites of it because you want it to last a bit longer Whereas, again, is that just me? Versus if you're eating something that is probably nutrient, not, well, nutrient sparse versus dense, and you're just hoeing through it really quickly, is you can get through a lot more. Okay? So, whether it's you are creating a meditative practice around how you're eating, or there's other things that you can work on too, is it's a starting process of being able to reprogram how you're going to respond to things versus react to things. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Line Dew Listeners. I hope you enjoyed part three of this four-part series, Breaking Bad Stress Habits and Pain Cycles. I look forward to seeing you next time. And that's it for today's episode of Line Dew Listeners. Remember to hit the five-star ratings and share today's episode with your friends. And be sure to join our collective on Facebook and Instagram at Align Dew. Look forward to catching you next time. The information shared on Align Dew podcast is of general nature and for information purposes only. It is not specific medical or personal advice. You should seek assistance from your healthcare practitioner for your individual circumstances. Any information provided doesn't imply endorsement or third-party devices or products and cannot provide you with health and medical advice.